Hey, Google, play In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. All right, playing the latest episode of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. Spinning out of control, here we go Foot to the pedal, till it's touching the metal Let's rock and roll, yeah So they need them, get them tigers to screech and now beat them Check your flags, last lap, nobody can beat them It's just that it's a party, put it on in the carpool And hear us talk a lot of NASCAR in the audio Singing loud, we don't just want it out of mode We're getting dirty around here, yeah We're in the marbles we're in the marbles uh, We're in the marbles We're in the marbles Hey everybody, welcome to episode 9 of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. My name is Soda, you can find me on Twitter at Soda underscore Hunter. And I'm Ethan, and you can find me on Twitter at Viva Ethan. And this is episode 9, we're already over 2 months into this. I don't, I don't, it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it, does it? I'm having fun with it. It's I'm not, having a blast. It's not work or anything. It's just, no. you know, it's, it's cool that I can't believe it's already nine episodes in. Speaking of nine, give me a car, a driver. Doesn't have to be current, doesn't have to be one. It doesn't have to be well known. Just give me anybody that you can think of that drives a number nine car. Casey Kane. Casey Kane. That's a good one. That's, that's a yeah. good not now one. Right. There's, there's so many. You got Bill Elliott, of course. He's like the main one. Like the main one, the nine is is right focused around because Chase Elliott drives the nine now. Marcus Ambrose drove the nine for a little bit. There's a lot of nines out there. I I didn't even <laughs> think of uh, Marcus Ambrose. Yeah, Dewalt. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. Yeah, I remember him. Didn't he win at Sonoma, or he almost Sonoma or Watkins Glen? Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Watkins Glen. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the first guy to ever drive the nine car in NASCAR. Four appearances in the first season, 1949. His name was Lynn Brown. Isn't that neat? Yeah. You should see Adam a picture Boy of the car. Lynn. You should see a picture of the car. It's just like a, I don't even know what it is. It doesn't say what it is. But it's just like mm. this old 49 Ford convertible. Got Ugh. glass down the side of it and everything. He's wearing this hard hat looking thing. <laughs> oh, NASCAR was so different. Gotta love the forties. It was so different back then. It's insane. When you look at all the, uh, look at all these old photos and old video of like the beach course at Daytona and exactly what they had to deal with. Just wow. And maybe they had seatbelts. I know any car didn't have seatbelts for a long time. Like formula one. Yeah. They didn't have seatbelts. Because no they didn't have a roll cage. So they figured it would probably be better just to get thrown out of the car than it would be to roll on your head. <laughs> ah, that's, you know, that's a man for you right there. I, I that's, guess. that's not me. <laughs> uh-uh. I, I already have a broken neck. I couldn't even imagine doing something like that. Good Lord. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, so how's your week been, man? Man, it's been busy. It's been super, super busy trying to uh, keep up at work, trying to sell some vehicles to some really awesome, deserving people. And it's been just 
I feel like it's been nonstop, honestly. What about you? Well, first, uh, you doing any good? How how you doing with it? It's a new job, right? So yeah. So um, had had a couple difficulties at first um, with some scheduling issues and stuff. Uh, so I've been technically employed since the first, but I think today was like my seventh full day. Mm -hmm. um, by the end of my fourth full day, I had already sold three cars. Awesome. Which is, I will tell you, it's so much harder than what I thought it would be. I, I, Especially I bet. With, yeah, because I mean, I've, I've been buying cars. Right. It's, so, like, it's a commitment, and it's, <sighs> it's not wanting to jump into it, you know? I mean, you have to be gung-ho about it if you're going to jump into it. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it kind of comes with that Kyle Bush mentality of, like, you almost have to, you know, you have to sell a vehicle. You have <laughs> to get there first. You know, like, stuff like that. It's, But, you know, I'm super blessed because I have the most awesome co-workers and gm and my manager like everybody is so cool and they've been so patient with me and everybody you know reaches out to help me and gives me advice so i'm pretty confident i just found my new career and i'm really excited about it i'm i'm happy for you man thanks um, dude i uh i've always felt like if i was going to do that it would have to be at a dodge dealership because i figured of all the things i could actually probably sell somebody it would be a dodge Especially when you yeah. get me over to the Ram and the Charger, you know. Yeah, that's just oh for sure. Just me personally, because I've owned both, and I would love to have a new Ram. You know, that's a good eighty thousand dollar vehicle. What I want right there. So yeah, you know, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the end goal. I would love to uh, just work at a Toyota only dealership. Right now, like we can sell Rams, we sell Buicks and GMCs, Chevy. Dodge, Ram, Toyotas, all of, all of it. Like trade-ins, um, right? Or things that you get off auctions, things like uh, yeah, that. Yeah, we have some of that too, but we also have brand new vehicles that only have four miles oh. on them, you know? So uh, it's we have a, a, a whole bunch of array of different things. And I actually just made my own, um, what do you call that? Like not business, but like my a car, like a Facebook page for my car dealership stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So thank you for inviting um, me yeah. to it today. I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I have 870 some friends on Facebook and I had to go and select every single one of them. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I figured it out. Um, all you have to do is tap tab twice and hit space and it just does it. And it was very tedious and I hated it, but everybody got an invite. So if you're not invited, let me know and I will invite you. And, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm glad you found something, man. That's just always that's Thank always you. fun when you you get you get into something that you're really good at and you actually enjoy. It's never work if you enjoy it, right? Exactly. Oh, I love it. Me and the kids went and saw Jurassic World Dominion this uh, past, actually, just yesterday, Monday, as we re record this on Tuesday. Uh, we saw it mm. at IMAX, the big IMAX Ooh. screen. There's one around us that's well. There's I guess there's two, but there's one within decent driving distance of us. Mm. saw it on Monday afternoon so it wasn't super crowded and the baby could be at daycare and we can't take a you know, almost two year old into Jurassic World for two and a half right. hours that isn't going to work that movie's long <laughs> oh yes it is but we enjoy the crap out of it I mean we we really really like that movie I don't know what all the hate is about that movie is it the same thing as every other Jurassic Park movie yeah I guess so if you think dinosaurs running around eating people and 
and then wanting to move them into a safe place or a sanctuary. That kind of seems like the running theme of every single Jurassic Park movie. So what? It's fun. Like, I thought the movie was a blast. And if you like any of the Jurassic Park movies and you can actually enjoy things in life, and unlike all these critics I see on YouTube, <laughs> you can actually go to a movie and enjoy yourself and go watch it. It's fun. I like, I feel, I feel like that has Bane's name all over it. Which part? The the person that doesn't enjoy life or the, or the, the Jurassic Park movie? No, he doesn't. Like, Bane doesn't go to movie theaters because I guess he really hates his life or something. Um, I can understand it, not liking the movie theater experience, <laughs> but that's why I go when it's not crowded. Yeah. I don't go to opening I, night stuff anymore. I went to IMAX opening weekend on a Monday at 1110. The theater mm -hmm. was maybe uh, a, a third full, you know? Oh, wow. And it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. But like one thing about I don't know if Alabama uh, movie theaters does it, but do they sell like energy drinks in the concession stands? The one I went to sells liquor. Oh, so like, can you get like a rowdy? Uh, energy I can't get a rowdy drink? energy in Alabama hardly. Oh well, maybe they should just go to rowdyenergy.com and you can get all the variety of flavors that you want. Anyway, sorry. Go yeah, ahead. I'm out. I have to order some Thursday when we get paid. I have to buy some. I'm completely out. I've done went through my 12 pack. It is 95 degrees in my house right now. And you know what? <laughs> Ooh, that chiseled ice rowdy energy hits the spot. I, I gotta be careful with some of those. Right. I didn't realize that they all weren't zero sugar. Like some oh, of them yeah, are zero no. sugar and, and it says so and they're keto friendly, mm -hmm. but some of them are not. Yeah, not the not the first few, which I think are the best flavors. So that kind of sucks, but yeah, some of them are, some of them aren't. I got to where I really like the burns. I like the power burns ones. That's that's I my go-to. Still need, I still need to get some of those. Uh, we just decided that we we're going to do something in August, uh, near the beginning of August. See, my brother lives over in North Carolina. He mm -hmm. lives in Charlotte or near Charlotte. Right. And he's been begging us because North Wilkesboro's come up. Right. It's. An old track NASCAR used to run at. They haven't run there since 96, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The track's pretty much been dormant. They've had a couple of other things going on. But for the most part, it's been dormant, especially lately. It's just been dead. And it's just been sitting there rotting away. Well, there was a big restoration project for the track. And all of a sudden, it's back. And they're doing something so cool this fall. In August, they're running asphalt uh, classes like local classes, like smaller things that you see across the whole country, like street stocks and four cylinders, mini stocks, late models, modifieds, things like this. And then they're going to tear up all the asphalt and they're going to run dirt track racing on North Wilkesboro on the old original dirt surface before they paved it way back when. I mean, way back, like when this track was first built in the 40s or 50s or however long it was built ago, it was dirt. They're going to race on that surface. And then they're going to go through all the dirt classes and do the same thing for like all through October, I think. We're going early August. We have decided that we're going to uh, we're going to go check that out. We're going to drive over there, meet up with my brother, probably catch a Friday night show. Some of the uh, asphalt, I think there's two or three classes that's going to be running that night. What a trip. That's I'm so intensely jealous of you right it's, now. That's oh, to be able I'm to so see mad. North awesome. Wilkesboro before it gets completely demolished and rebuilt in a way. Like it's gonna be yeah. gutted and rebuilt, right? Oh, for sure. Um yeah. we're gonna get to see the old 
asphalt layout. We're not going to go watch the dirt stuff because I thought about watching the dirt stuff, but then we're going to Talladega in October. So it really isn't going to work out. Mm. But man, what a trip. And you know, what's only about an hour and 15 minutes away from North Westboro, the hall of fame. Uh, Ooh. So yeah, Saturday, we're going to make that a thing. Gosh, dang it. I'm so jealous of you. It, I, you can't not go if you're an hour and 15 minutes away from it. Right. Of course, I, right? I, we had to do something. My brother said, "Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Let's go." So I'm gonna. I I don't get to see my brother all the time. I think right. last time I saw him was last Christmas. Maybe I think it was. I don't know if he came down for Christmas or not. Because sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. I know I saw him last June. Um, it actually popped up on my memories and stuff. Because he lives way over there. I live down here in South Alabama. Mm-hmm. We're a good ten hours away from each other. Just about. It's right. just logistically not possible to see each other all the time. And it's kind of been that way for a while, pretty much since he graduated high school. It's pretty much been that way. And hmm. it'd be fun. Go get to an, go to an old, old NASCAR track and the hall of fame in the same weekend. Just man, looking forward to it. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. You, uh, I'm, I'm jealous. That's really cool. And that's, you think about all the history in that racetrack, man, like you're talking, Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Let's go into our picks for this weekend. Um, uh, that was, it was interesting, actually? wasn't it? <laughs> oh, my god! I thought for a minute, we had such an up and down day. Yeah. I thought for a minute that I was looking pretty good because Joey Logano was staying in the top 10. And I was like, yeah, okay. And he said at one point he had a really good car. I was like, okay, all right, I'm looking mm-hmm. pretty good. And then he just faded through pit mm-hmm. strategies and stuff and just never made it back. Just Faded off into the distance. And then AJ Allmendinger, of course, he's fast, but then he has a power steering problem. So now he's having to wheel this car around the windiest road course on the circuit <laughs> with no power steering. And he did a pretty dang good job. He was he was up there in what seventh or so? Yeah, he was when I started taking notice, it was he was in eleventh and then he was battling for tenth. But um how on what lap did he run out of or did his power well, it was steering, early uh, it was like in the first pit stops yeah. if, if, i was gonna say it was like 20 laps yeah. in it, out of how many laps 110 i i think i may i think i made the remark that he had to go 90 95 96 laps without power steering could you imagine Because it's 110 lap race right yeah, yeah, I think it's 110 laps. I think that's what it was i think he had to go about 96 95 laps without power steering and no i can't <sighs> imagine I mean, oh I raced gosh. my dirt track car without power steering, but I only had to turn left and I only had to do it for about 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. I, <laughs> 15 laps, you know, 30 turns. That's all I had to do. <laughs> That's, I can't even imagine how sore he was I, yeah, on Monday. But he was, he was manhandling it because he got back up there in the top 10, close to top five or so. And then didn't he go off? I think he went off track with one yeah. lap to go. <laughs> yeah. I and sure did. my guy finished 17th and your guy finished yep. two spots behind me 19th uh-huh. but you're still in the, you're still ahead you dropped out of the top yeah. 10 again well uh your your average finish so far is 10.41 and mine is 13.11 so you're still that's what you, way ahead that's what happens when you put all of your eggs in one basket but now i get first pick for nashville in two weeks yes because nascar cup series is off this week so we have some things that we were going to do this episode i'll go ahead and tell it right now top off the top and not worry about it later 
uh, we have a good bit of questions and some fun questions too. But we're going to move those to next week's episode. Maybe we'll get a couple more in the meantime. Please send them. You know, don't don't think yes. that you don't have to send them because you already sent them, or you don't need to send them because we might have to meet. No, send them. Come on, it's fine. We we definitely want the smoke. We uh we want the smoke. It's funny. There was one question uh, Caitlin <laughs> asked, and uh, Drew was like, "That's a that's a big loaded question." And I was like, "In two minutes, I." I, I went ahead and did what she told me to do. And you, I haven't, you know what I'm talking about? No, I haven't no. heard. I haven't listened to any podcasts yet. I'm super far behind on it. Um, so I actually don't know what these questions are. <laughs> well, get caught up on them. And then next week we'll answer them and any more that get, yes. any more get thrown our way because um, yes. we'll need content next week. Cause the only thing going on is the SRX race. But I mean, if our listeners don't know by now that if you ask us one question and we can get on a two-hour tangent, oh, seriously, I mean, are you really <laughs> listening to the show? <laughs> I can get a two-hour on a two-hour tangent about Disney, let alone a, a dang NASCAR question that has so much going on right. with it. So I, yeah, I can talk about anything. So let's talk about Sonoma in the meantime. Oh, by the way, Cars yes. Three—that's going next week too because Ethan forgot to watch it. <laughs> yes, I did forget. <laughs> To watch that. <laughs> That's all right. I didn't remind you. There was a lot going on. It's not a normal race. I just, I forgot to. That is true. And I mean, to be honest, I know I, I haven't been very, uh, I've been very vocal about like my, this, uh, displeasure of uh, Disney movies. So it wasn't, I, I legitimately just forgot. <laughs> I can already see like, you know, Jordan Cassatt or handsome Zach on Twitter always shout me out and, and, you know, calling me out and stuff. So I actually forgot. That's all right because Sonoma gave us a lot to talk about. One thing I do not like, I'll just get off right top, right top. One thing I do not like is stages at road courses. I don't personally like them because it makes you choose. I mean, that might be good for some people. That might be good to mix up the field and, and make it, you know, whatever. But you have to choose. Right. Do you want stage points or do you want to win the race? That seems to be the thing that you have to do if you want to win the stage everybody else is going to pit behind you before the stages are with right and then you're going to pit and be behind everybody well then you're stuck behind them the rest of the race just about right logano had that happen and larson had that happen larson had a fast enough car where he could get close enough to the front again but he, mm -hmm. he wasn't the same it wasn't the same after he won that first stage right and it looked like anybody that was in stage one in the top 10 like just struggled for the rest of the race. Yeah, they they went for the they went for the stage points instead of going for the win. For for the most part. I mean, that's right. basically how it is. You have to choose nowadays at road courses, especially a place like Sonoma. I don't think every right. one of them's like that. I don't think it comes out that way at Watkins Glen. But for some reason Sonoma, you really, really have to choose what you're gonna do. I mean, you saw it. Logano won right. a stage, didn't he? I think he won stage two. Yeah. And he, Larson won yeah, stage one. And neither one of them were a factor at all. Nope. Logano, 17th. I, I don't know off the top of my head where Kyle Larson finished. I want to say he finished in the top 10, but I just because he had a really good car, I'd hate to think that he didn't finish in the top 10 at least. Right. I don't know. Without looking at the lineup, I'm not really sure. Saw something we don't see a whole lot of. Uh, Bubba Wise blew up. Oh, I thought you were talking about the tire rolling. No, the, the tire oh, rolling. No, what are you talking sorry. about? Yeah, the tire that rolled off of uh, Kyle Larson's car. That's what happened to him. 
I remember yeah, that now. So, oh gosh, that that completely <laughs> just left my mind. I do remember that. Yeah. So uh, now, because we don't see any tire issues anymore with this next uh, new gen one lug tire, you know, like there's ne like <laughs> never any tire issue ever at well, all. Well, I was gonna say that you don't really, you didn't really see many blown tires in this race. Well, that's true. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Like I, I was actually going to bring that part of it up because on the ovals, you see a lot of left rears go down, but this race being symmetrical, maybe the car and the tire is actually designed for something like this, but that's really dumb because right. there's only six <laughs> yeah. of these on a 36 race schedule. <laughs> if it's still 36, I don't know if it's gone up. I think it's still 36 races. Yeah. It's still 36. God, I remember when it was 30. When they hit 30, it was like, oh, my gosh, that's too many races. But, yeah, you didn't see any tires blowing or camber issues or anything like that because they had everything set up symmetrically. Right. You know, and that's kind of the big thing about this car and road courses anyway. This new car, the way it's designed, it doesn't race very well. Uh, I would say race very well. That's the wrong word. It doesn't stick to the track as well as the old car did for the drivers on ovals because it's symmetrical. The right. old car, you would do all these things to the, the roof and the side panels of the car and the weight distribution and all this stuff to make it completely not symmetrical. You wanted all the weight exactly where you needed it. You wanted the side of the, the right side of the car as flat as you could possibly get away with. So when it went up the track in the corner at 170 miles an hour, it would hit a wall of air and set a roll over the car and that would stop the car from going up the track and would plant it down in the corners better. That's just, that's what they did. It's been like that forever. But now with this car making everything symmetrical, you have these rounded edges on both sides of the car. That's given these guys a handful on the ovals. Yeah. But on road courses, that's exactly what you want. You mm -hmm. want the type of steering that they have in the car now, the rack and pinion. You want the sequential shifter. You want that. You got an extra gear to work with. You want all that. You want the wider tire. You want the symmetrical body and the symmetrical chassis. And you want the heavier brakes. That This car is a road course car. Yeah. It just doesn't do all that on ovals. So when you get to a road course and you don't have these blown tires and people spinning out every other lap, unless they get knocked out of the way, you look at the car and you're like, well, that's what they want it to be. But they designed that for a six race schedule. So, right. I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, I mean, you, you hit it on the head. You know what my question is though? I understand going back to your original point of um, not really necessarily liking stage racing at, road courses why can't and not not only just at road courses but like all the races why can't we still have stage stage racing without bringing out that's the biggest thing i would love it that that is my goal in life is get nascar to stop throwing at least two cautions a race yeah. you're never ever going to have a race right now ever again that runs start to finish under green Right. I always thought it was interesting. Not, yeah. Not yeah. A NASCAR. I always thought it was interesting because once in a while there would be a race that did not have a caution. And right. I, I guess some fans thought that was boring, but it's strategy because you know, you don't know right. what race is going to have a caution or not. You have no idea. At the end of this race, you had people pitting 
as like a last chance ditch effort, just in case there's a caution at the end. You know, right. they, like, we're not going to win. We got to win already this year. Let's just pit. And if we get a caution, I'll have to come in and we'll be out front. Yeah, because you don't go lap down on a road course. It takes a minute and a half to get around the road course. You can do your service in under a minute and a half and you'll stay on the lead lap. If it takes longer than that, it might take longer than that. But right. road courses are one of the few places that you can actually get out there before the leader comes back around if you come into the pit. So you have a little leeway with what you're with what you're trying to do. I would love it if NASCAR just kept the green going and kept the stages. I get the stage points. I understand it. But I think I think their whole goal was that they wanted a caution clock, right? I, mm. Because they did that in the trucks, and it didn't work. It was really, really bad, the caution clock was. It was a contrived yeah. way to get the, like, it was like every 20 minutes there's a caution or something like that. If there's yeah. not one before it, like every, every caution resets the clock to 20 minutes until the end of the race. That's manufacturing. That's like artificial racing. That's what it right. that is. That's no strategies. That's, that's nothing but making a show out of what should be a sport. And I mean, in a way I get it. Like, I mean, I'm not mad about it because I'm so used to it now, but you know, we see a lot of the old, um, older, winston cup you know fans that really are not taking uh, a liking to the new to what nascar is now so maybe instead of taking away the the classic uh, number placement um instead of taking away the long green flag runs you know that you like you were mentioning some races never had mm -hmm. a caution you know maybe gives give us something back because some of the some of the best racing in nascar i've ever seen was those races at michigan or at auto club that never had a caution because it's i mean it comes down to absolute science and math like i mean it's it's i don't know um you know just give us something back you know like it doesn't have to be like i don't know i feel like nascar is more like trying to go for like the younger audience obviously oh hey come you know every so often every you know 50 laps there's going to be a caution a more uh, opportune time for a wreck to happen type of thing i feel like that's what they're selling the stage racing like cautions mm -hmm. and i don't like that it's, all. it's all about the restarts because they know these restarts are crazy and it completely i mean because it's like when they went to double file restarts like when i was a kid it was always uh, single file restarts and if there was a lap car they would be on the inside and there didn't have to be any particular right. order just all of the one lap down and two lap down guys whatever they could just be mixed up on the inside so it was whoever got up there first pretty much so you had the outside line all the lap cars and the in, or the lead lap cars and the inside line was the lap cars so you it was like really it was that was a little messy but I understood they were giving the lap cars a chance to get back. And if you had a really good car, he would stay up there with them. But usually the first six, seven cars would just fly by all of them. Right. right. So it really never was an issue. But then they got rid of that lap car thing when the free pass came around. Right. And then they went to the uh, double file restarts after that. And that changed everything and all of a sudden all my local dirt tracks went to double file restarts because of it we always had single file restarts too and now everybody's doing double file restarts which and i mean like i'm yeah, okay I with I that i it. think double filed 
you know, I prefer, I would actually prefer a double file restart than the whole lap, lap traffic on the bottom. And you know, it just gives, I understand that entertainment value, but I don't understand the cautions. Well, I think stage racing in general is an amazing idea because it gives you that urgency at, you know, you know, okay, here's the start of the race at lap 50. Who's ever in the top 10 gets extra points. It gives you that urgency, but I don't know. I don't know. It's it's halting <laughs> all the action for 15 minutes right. at a time that I don't like. If they if they just kept it rolling, cool. That'd be great. And right. you can just focus on the strategy of the race instead of the strategy of your cautions. You know, race the track and not the actual caution flag that comes out. Absolutely. I, mean, I guess technically it's not a caution because they made a new flag for it, that green and green and white checkered. Which I mean, I'm glad they at least did something because it always bothered me. <laughs> it's a nit nitpick right. of mine, but it always bothered me. Well, like they would do the All Star race or something, and the first segment would end, and you'd have a winner of the segment. He won the segment, but they threw a caution, or they would wait right. until the entire field cycled around before they threw the caution, so everybody raced to the line. Just throw the checker flag. I mean, right. Just because it's not the last checker flag, I mean, it doesn't doesn't matter. Just throw the dang checker flag, and then everybody can race to the line and, and stop, and everybody still races to the line as it is, and they count it. I don't know why they gotta be so nitpicky about. It. It's like this isn't the checker. This is a caution. This is a stage break. This is like well, at least the green and checker flag or the green and white checker flag gave them an and a way to make it like a checkered finish to a stage. Yeah. You know, at least they did that because I. They couldn't just have a checker flag, <laughs> right? Oh, it just—it's always something, been something that bugged me. But anyway, but yeah, stopping the action with the stages that completely throws off all the pit strategies at Sonoma. So you have really good cars at the beginning of the race, and then they go for stage points, and then uh, the people that aren't going for stage points, they're going for wins. They don't, they pit first before the stage ends. So they all stay out when the leaders come in to pit. And now those guys are mired back in the twenties. Logano never recovered after stage two. He never recovered. Right. He wasn't even on the, the top 20 list for most of the end of that race until right at the end when Marcus Ambrose spun out. I mean, Marcus Ambrose, Lord, yeah, I'm going way back when, um, AJ <laughs> Almondaire, Goodness, what in the world? Yeah. Marcus Ambrose. We <laughs> talked about him once, and all of a sudden he's on my brain. I like Marcus Ambrose. Yeah, he I was do cool. too. I don't. I mean, he's cool. Australian. Uh, it's, I don't know. Please edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not getting edited out, right? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, there's my horrendous Australian accent. <laughs> I watched enough Rock of Modern Life. I know. I know what Australia sounds like. I don't know. You don't even know what Rocco's Modern Life is, do you? you I do. do. <laughs> I yeah, I've heard of it. I don't remember. I it was don't know. I it was that right when you were born. Was when this thing was was coming on new. So you probably didn't see much of it. <laughs> I know he was like a dog in a blue shirt. He was a wallaby. Right? What? He was what? a wallaby. A wallaby? yeah. He was Australian. He was a wallaby. Wallaby and American because he's Australian. <laughs> Go ahead and do your accent again. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I, no, thank <laughs> I don't even know what. I don't know what. Where are we going with this? This is a NASCAR pod. 
I don't think we have a listener in Australia. I haven't seen one pop up. You know, that was the name of a Jonas Brothers song. What's that? Jonas Brothers. I do not know anything about Jonas Brothers. What what was the name of the song? I know every I know every single word to every single song of the Jonas Brothers. Shout out to Caitlin Vinsel. Andrew Vinsel. Ooh, they're Jonas. They're Joe Bros too. You know that? I did not. Well, you do now. I'm more of a and that makes out the fan club, all three of us. <laughs> I'm more of a Pink Floyd, Aerosmith kind of guy myself, but whatever. Anyway, we okay. didn't have any yeah. uh, any tire issues, so that was really, really interesting. Going through my notes, the uh, the new car on the road courses, it performed really, really well, like we thought it would, because it's made for this kind of thing. Larry Mack even brought it up near the beginning. Right. If you're going to do something to a car to make it optimal for a road course, you're going to make this car. And the biggest story is we got a new first-time winner. Yes. And I'm thrilled to death for him. And it looked like I did it too. looked like everybody in the field was thrilled to death for him too, because every single person yeah. come by his window on that parade lap and or the cool down lap. And yeah, yeah. Uh Daniel Suarez picked up his first win, another track house win. That's track house's third win of the year. Third win of the season. The team's rolling. That's so that's uh, that's Joe Gibbs level right it's, now. It's rolling. Joe Gibbs yes. only has yeah, like that's if you would have told me this two years ago when we heard rumors that musician Pitbull was joining Justin Marks and creating this new NASCAR Cup Series team that was going to have as many wins as Joe Gibbs Racing, who's been in NASCAR since when ninety two, ninety one actually that they were no, no it was ninety two. You're right. That, you're right. You're right. Then you know, track house in their second year of operation is right there at Joe Gibbs level. I would have laughed in your face, but man, they are here and they are real. My goodness, they are a real threat to win every Sunday, every road course, every short track, every championship. I mean, track house is here. Uh, Daniel Suarez is Mexican born, correct? Okay. Yes. So he is the first Mexican-born NASCAR Cup Series winner. So that's really yes. really cool. The um, really awesome. I loved his uh, flag he carried. Like both the Trackhouse cars had a flag, like a special thing mm-hmm. that they did for their first win. I wonder how long he's had this flag, but it was like uh, win number uno or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a whole section of everybody dressed in red cheering for him through the whole race. And that was yeah. fun watching them towards the end of it. Daniel's amigos. And um, he also did his own track house style <laughs> smashing at the end of yeah. it. And he smashed a pinata, a taco, <laughs> a, taco. a pinata taco, just funny stuff, fun stuff, just great moment. Uh, one of the best feel good moments in a long time, probably since Ross Chastain's first win, but maybe even more than that, because Suarez has had such an up and down deal and cup. like right off his Xfinity series championship. He went right into cup replacing Edwards, I think. Right. Yes. And he, uh, he's been up and down the whole time. Like he was just right there at media mediocrity. Really cool to see him get a win. So let's, I mean, how let's just put this, in like layman's terms. So you go in 2016, Daniel Suarez wins the NASCAR Xfinity series championship goes to cup series. The next, the next season racing for a five-star organization does not get the job done. 
After that, he goes to another five-star organization with Stuart Haas. Doesn't get the job done. Then he goes to a lower-tier team in the, what was it? Nine, the 96? Yeah, I think you're right. Something like that. I don't even like it's such a small budgeted team. I don't even remember what that team. I know he didn't win. He didn't make the 500 one year. They won a 500. Then he goes over to the 95 of front row. That's going to be an omission for next week. Um, Yeah. He goes to the 95 car almost. No, no, no. I'm sorry. No. I can't remember which car he went to after that. I'm thinking of Matt, Matty. Yeah, I was saying I know Matt went to the ninety-five, but I don't remember what he went to after he would he missed the Daytona five hundred. Did he just go straight to ninety-nine after that? I think that's what happened. No, he he went to okay, he went to nineteen to forty-one to ninety-six to the ninety-nine. Yeah, and that was a new team. And the ninety-nine that was a brand yeah, new team. He was the only one there. Six years you go from winning a championship in NASCAR to the big boy series and you go six years without winning a race. Honestly, I think he was just brought up too fast for sure. I mean, I could tell you that for sure. I feel like it wasn't even a plan until that off season when Carl Edwards said he's not coming back. And then it's like, Whoa, what are we going to do? Well, we got a champion right here. Let's just throw him up there. And he just, it's, it's a whole nother world. I mean, you got <laughs> double the length of the races. You got cars that are harder to drive with, with less responsiveness in the throttle and less horsepower. I think it's not less horsepower, but it's more horsepower. But it's different packages for all these different tracks that Xfinity really doesn't do. There, it's just, and then now you got a brand new car, right? So you have all that experience right. now, now that you've been there for a few years, and you're getting thrown into an organization that actually has their their stuff together, unlike the last one you were at. You know, like I'm talking about the one he missed the 500 with. Right. And because he did actually get better. Like his, I saw a video on Suarez just the other day where his, his stats and his rookie year were kind of all over the place. He was good and he was bad. He was good and he's bad. Well, then his next year, his good wasn't as good, but his bad wasn't as bad. So he kind of settled right in the middle. And then the 41, he was running better, better than he did at Gibbs, but still wasn't there. So he was progressing, but then he got an equipment that couldn't progress with him. And then he worked with this 99 team from the ground up. And, man, everything clicked with this new car. This new car put everybody on an even playing field. You saw Michael McDowell run the top five all day long. Yeah, he finished yes, third. I, I love I love that the cars like that are finishing up there. I mean, Stenhouse finished. Uh, not Stenhouse, Busher. I'm sorry, Stenhouse used to drive that car. Yeah. Didn't he used to drive 17? Yeah. Yeah, they just swapped rides. Um, <clears throat> I, still, I still have Stenhouse in the 17 sometimes. But <laughs> Busher finished up there, too. I mean, he was looking for a win. Uh, didn't he? Wasn't his first yeah. win also in the 34 car? Mm. Didn't, don't I have that right in like a fog race? Oh, yeah. Think, yes. Yes, I believe you are right. That 34 car. Right. That's a that's a sleeper. No joke. Especially now with the ne- uh, next gen. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. Like we had a first time winner in Daniel Suarez, someone who doesn't win very often mm-hmm. with some well with a we, brand you got new team. Two, and and you have two people second and third that only have one win each. Yeah. And I mean like, you know, the top 3 are guys who don't normally uh, you know, are are not normally a threat to win a race. It was 
it was fun. It was really, really fun. Really interesting. I'm looking forward to see where it goes from here because we're going to have track house, both of them representing the chase. Yeah. And that's going to be fun because I'm, I'm a track house fan. I'm, I'm just, they've grown on me all year long. Um, I like the whole organization. I really like Ross Chastain, which people need like Tony Stewart. They need to lay off Ross Chastain because he ain't no more aggressive than anybody else out there. I mean, I could go on and on about Stenhouse mm-hmm. and you're going to tell me Ross Chastain is worse than Stenhouse when it comes to aggressiveness. Come on. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, you know, how one driver accidentally gets into you know, your favorite or, you know, a, a nation of fans, you know, do you remember, and then all of a sudden, do you remember how, Sten- like, I know, right? Driver. Do you remember how Stenhouse drove in the Coca-Cola 600? Yeah. Do you remember how it seemed like anytime he was by anybody, you had to watch him because he, it nope. seemed like he was running people into the wall left and right, trying to block them, keeping people behind them. It just, mm-hmm. and then the way he said it, like Daytona and Talladega all the time too. He just, right. why are we not talking about him more? Like, I don't understand. Maybe people are just tired of talking about Stenhouse. Well, I mean, they do call him Wecky you know, instead yeah, of Ricky. Kyle Busch does. Wecky. Did Kyle start yeah, that? Yeah, Recky Spinhouse, I think. A spin out. <laughs> Recky Spinout. I think that's what his name is. Recky Spinout. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't know Kyle came I think up he did. That's I saw awesome. it on an interview. See, this just this past week. I, I watched a couple of things on YouTube this past week. I normally don't watch a lot. I'm going to have to look it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What? Oh, what was it? was some video about disrespect in NASCAR or something like that. And it was a little clip of Kyle Busch calling him Recky Spinhouse or Spinouts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, That's that was awesome. a great name. Because <laughs> if there's going to be a Ray, look for that 47 car. He might be in it. You know, he might have caused it, even indirectly. But they get so fixated on one person. That they have blinders on to everybody else. Yeah. Like four wide down the front straightaway gateway. Well, watch out for Ross Chastain. He's in the middle of a three wide getting pushed up the track and he bumped into K- uh, Chase Elliott. So now mm-hmm. we got to focus on him and how he's going to get pummeled by the entire field. But nobody cares about this four wide. They just, they're just as aggressive as he is. Yeah. I don't know. Just they need to, they need to lay off for Ross Chastain, in my opinion. I, yeah, I agree. I love the aggressiveness. I want to see more of it. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. So we also had a big announcement this week. I Well, it was like announced in a pre-race taped video. Yeah. Like that. It was, was, it was weird how it was announced because the minute that aired and that little segment aired, it was all of a sudden, all of a sudden it was boom all over Twitter and Facebook and stuff. That the LA Clash for next year, the... Was it the Bush Clash? I think is what they still call it now. They yeah. used to call it something else, and then they went back to Bush Clash. It's an exhibition race that they have at the beginning of the year before the Daytona 500. She used to be in Daytona, and that would be part of Speed Weeks. You'd have qualifying for the Daytona 500, the Bush Clash. You'd have the dual races to set the field and all the practices, and then all the series race, their opening race. It would take uh, two weeks. They don't yeah. do that anymore. Now they have the Clash way on the other end of the country which i'm sure is just so much fun to handle going from california to daytona florida because that's a solid two days of driving (laughs) yeah (laughs) even split it up like you split it up between two different drivers i've done it that is a solid two days of driving (laughs) no thanks 
But no. anyway, what they did was they built a racetrack inside of the uh, L.A. Coliseum. Very, very unique. What did you think about that? I never asked you about that. What did you think about that? I loved it. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding? It was uh, very entertaining because it was just a complete unknown. Not mm. only an unknown of the racetrack because it's not an actual racetrack, but the unknown of the next the next gen. God, that was the first competitive uh, race we've seen with the next gen. I loved it. And I really, really hope, and this is a complete side note, I really hope that they add that as like a tr- like a racetrack we can race at in the next NASCAR game because that would be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, yeah, that would be. I, I've, I've thought about that. I was like, that would be a lot of fun. And actually make some fantasy tracks. Yeah. Get some, get some licenses to like the Superdome in New Orleans. Right? Oh. Like because realistically, they're probably not going to do this in a dome, but they could. If the dome has an open roof, like, you know, if it has a retractable roof, maybe they could. Like the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, they could do it there. I could go three and a half, four hours down the road and watch the clash. That'd be fun. But right now they're doing it in L.A. But if you could somehow get the rights to the stadiums and get get them in the game and make a fantasy track of maybe the Superdome in New Orleans or the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas... And make little racetracks and those things. Man, the aesthetic of that would be so much fun. Heck, it's a video game. Put banking on it. Right. You exactly. know, I'd love to see a little banked bull ring like that inside these tracks. They might be going too fast to be indoors, but, you know, whatever. Aesthetically, I thought it looked amazing. The racing was okay. You know, a little tight for NASCAR. And especially with this new car, they didn't want to really beat and bang on each other because they didn't have any more of these cars at the time. Next year's might be a little bit different. Right. Yeah. But that's a interesting thing that they're going back to it and i don't think that they're opposed to moving it around either like they're going next year but i think after that it really could be anywhere you know what i would like to see Hmm. i would like to see the bush clash the dirt race Mm -hmm. like knoxville or something and then the all-star go back to uh, charlotte (laughs) maybe having the all-star and the clash both as dirt races and then leave like bristol alone does that make sense well i do want a points paying dirt race though why i want to make it mean something i mean if it's just a clash and it's an exhibition for money and stuff i mean fine but i would love a dirt race to actually mean something well that i mean i see where you yeah i understand that i mean part of the draw to the series especially now that it has dirt is everything is so diverse you have to be good at all sorts of surfaces and styles of tracks at the series. It isn't all just road courses. It isn't all just ovals. You got concrete ovals. You got asphalt ovals. You got half mile ovals. You got two and a half mile ovals. You got three mile road courses. You got slow, windy road courses, and you have fast road courses like Watkins Glen that are pretty much super speedways. And now you race in stadiums. Then you race triangles of all things, you know, and now you got dirt races on top of it. Arca runs on dirt. Why shouldn't the cup? If you're really claiming to be the best drivers in the world, do it on all surfaces. Just my opinion. I mean, yeah, you, you pretty much nailed it. I just, I don't know. It's maybe it's just the racetrack. It's just something is not hitting all my feels when it comes to like cup cars, dirt racing. But like, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love dirt racing. They need to go to Eldora. 
They need to go to Eldora. They do. And Tony Stewart to... brought that up after the Clash announcement, and they talked mm -hmm. about moving it around. He says, I would love to have them at Eldora one year. Yeah. Only like, problem I... is I think it'd be a little cold. Well, but I mean, maybe they're talking about moving the all-star race. I think that's what they was, he was talking about. I think he was talking about moving the all-star race around uh, after he didn't come out and say that they, they actually said Texas was a great show. No, it wasn't. Like, shut up. Um, right. You just have a contract and you can't say Texas was a bad race and we're trying our best to get away from it as fast as possible. I mean, they had to make that a show at the end by throwing a false yellow. But anyway, so the big thing is Tony said, right before the race started it's like well why don't we move it to a dirt track one year and actually put it on the dirt track that was meant and designed to race this dirt right like, hmm i wonder what he's talking about you know he owns eldora for people that don't know he is the owner of eldora speedway famous dirt track one of the most famous ones in the entire country if not the most famous one in the entire country yeah it's i would say it's definitely the the biggest dirt track yeah it's between there and knoxville with the Knoxville Nationals, maybe more just the uh, that's the event more than anything because yeah. the dirt track itself maybe not as famous as Eldora, but the event is more famous than what Eldora has to me. But that's just because yeah, I know they just ran for a million dollars at Eldora this weekend. Late Miles did. I've seen that all over my my Twitter feed. Yeah, and there's actually a local group of racers that I follow on on Twitter, um, Facebook, and YouTube, and they call themselves Hunt the Front. I don't know if you've seen any of their stuff. I don't think so. It's it's interesting because they race at all my local dirt tracks. They race right down the road. Tri-County Speedway, 20 minutes that way. Uh, Deep South Speedway, 45 minutes that way. Milton, they run there too. That's uh, about an hour away from me. They run at all my local dirt tracks, but then they go to Bristol. Right. You know, And then they go to Eldora, you know, things like that. Look them up on YouTube. It's pretty, pretty good stuff. It's a hunt the front. It's all their behind the scenes stuff, getting the car ready. And then their weekends at the racetrack. And it's, it's pretty fun stuff to see all the things that go on behind the scenes. Like they had a maybe four or five video vlog about Bristol and oh. 20, 30 minutes a piece at all the little things going on at Bristol. Interesting stuff. And if anybody is halfway interested in dirt track racing, and you want to know like some of the little details that go on behind the scenes like i've been into it a little bit but obviously not their level so i so I, I do know a little bit about what they're going through if you're interested at all in seeing what people go through on a local level and trying to make it even further you know racing for big money races big events and stuff like this then check them out they're hunt the front they're on youtube that's awesome i will have to uh check that out so this weekend is the opening race for the srx series yes I am pumped because I'm going. Yes, you are. It's at Five Flags Speedway, Pensacola, Florida, 50 minutes down the road towards the beach. I cannot wait, especially since they announced there's going to be a driver autograph session. And I don't need a pit pass or anything to go to it. They, I messaged them to make sure, too. They, they just said, just be in line early. It's like, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes I, on you. I'm going to sleep there. Yeah, seriously. I'm going to bring What time the grandstand's open? Yep, I'll be there. Be in line, ready to go. There's going to be two different things going on. They're going to have like an outlaw late model race that, or super stock, like an outlaw super stock kind of thing going on. And then they're going to have that race. And the SRX race, anybody want to watch it, watch my local asphalt track, the famous Five Flag Speedway, Famous for the Snowball Derby, a race that so many cup drivers have raced in over the years. Yeah. Greats like Kyle Busch, Bobby Allison, 
you know, just about all the Allisons have run this thing at one point or another. A, a lot of up and coming guys, too. That's yeah. that's what they do. They come like, down here and they race in this thing. Noah Gregson, uh, yes. Dale Jr., Josh Berry, Harrison Burton. That's a whole lot of people, like very talented drivers. NASCAR Cup Series to Xfinity trucks, and then you know short track drivers all over the country. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty. It's it's a really awesome race, dude. Yeah, they have four or five races through the year that locks winners into the big race. So, like, they it's they're called um, Blizzard races, Ooh. Blizzard series is what they're called. I believe it's either a point standings through those four or five races, or it's a winner get in. I think it might be a point standing because I think the top, either the winner or the top two or three in points are locked into the Snowball Derby. Okay. Kind of a reward for racing there all year basically right. not they they have races every other friday night like i said four i think four of those weeks through the year are these special 100 lap blizzard races and man they bring out some people mm. can you, you can imagine people trying to come down and lock themselves into the snowball derby yeah right so anyway that's where they're going to be and uh i've been to that track plenty of times almost got to race on that track once we uh, ran that vintage class. It was kind of vintage. It's basically like a 85 Monte Carlo frame, but they had with a 350 engine board out, but they had a uh, fiberglass 34 Ford sedan body mm-hmm. on it. Some of them had coupes. Yeah. So it looked like a vintage car, but re- in reality, it was a street stock. So <laughs> that's crazy. Are we talking about five? Okay. So we're talking about. Five Flag Speedway, right? Yes. In Florida. Yes. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I actually got kicked out of this racetrack before. You, you did? How did you yeah, do that? You know, <laughs> and I guess I didn't realize at the time, and this is why it's, I'm just kind of connecting it together now. Um, that's that's not a dirt track, is it? No. Right. Okay. So it's pavement. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it is. No, it's just uh, some some of my buddies and I, I was kind of traveling around with a dirt track team uh, that kind of went asphalt. So I was kind of just traveling around with it and, you know, just young and dumb and, you know, good old Friday night fights at the, at the races got me kicked out of that, that one. But uh, yeah, I still can't go back there. That sucks. (laughs) Are you sure you can't go back there? I mean, just to go into the stands, you don't think you'd be able to get in? That's pretty much what the officer told me. (laughs) I'm sure that's probably been a while. Oh yeah, Um, you'd be able to sneak in. Nobody. Yeah, for sure. I like I had blonde hair, and I was your your name's going to be there anyway. I'm going to wear all my in the marble stuff. Oh yeah, so you're technically going to be back in it. Yeah. So nana nana poo poo. You Gosh, got kicked dang. out of Five Flag Speedway. Yeah, I'm dying. That was hilarious. Yeah, that's because I was like, <laughs> man, that it sounds really familiar. And I was like, yep, that's that's the one. You know, as many times as I've raced <laughs> over the years, I have never been kicked out of a track. Oh well, it's not a lot. It's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a story. I'll throw this in there. What the heck? I do have a story about this. Uh, this time, this um, guy came in. It was a group of guys at a local dirt track. They come to our track when their track wasn't running. It was like four or five of them. They all kind of came together. Three of them on one hauler. They had one of these big, big car haulers that were pulled by a a gooseneck truck. And you could fit three cars on top of it. 
So they had, I mean, it wasn't like big money. It was just a big rail thing that, that you could drive. It was an open trail. You could drive three cars on. Right. It was just an extra long trailer is all it was. But like five or six of them would come together. They're, they were fast, right? They were, mm -hmm. they were pretty fast. We had our group and we were all friends, but these guys raced rough. They just came over there and run us all over the place. Right. We had a fun little group. We had a fun time. So when they come there, it was all business because they didn't like fun times. They wanted to just run as rough as they could. And because of that, they would usually win because they would rough us up out of the way and they would take off and win. Well, this one guy in the silver car, I think it was the number 42. I could be wrong about that. It was a four in his car somewhere. He come through. Uh, I was in a car at the time that was a little slower than some of the other cars I had deep into the season. And uh, everybody else's equipment kept getting upgraded and better. And mine just kind of stayed where it was. And my second or third place car turned into about a seventh or eighth place car every night. So I wasn't having a lot of fun. And so there I was running about sixth or seventh place. And I was on the inside. And then here comes this guy around the outside of me. And he comes down across my nose. What do you think I'm going to do? You're going to dump them. Yeah, I dumped them. Absolutely, yes. I did. Yes. You cut my nose off. I'm holding my ground. You're the dummy that did that. I'm not. I, I, I just threw my hands back and said, I have no responsibility in this. Right. You did that to yourself. For I sure. I don't wreck people. But if you cut me off, I'm not getting out of your way. That's on you. So I dumped them. I turned them right to the infield and turned four. And he went down and he hit the. the you know, a lot of these local tracks have tractor tires, mm -hmm. these big, wide tractor tires, so this big, white, painted tractor tire on the inside. He went down and hit that, and it damaged his car. He was out of the race. So under caution, he got out there on the track, and he pointed right at me. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is hey, hey, you should have like, you did that. Him, you should have thrown him an <laughs> autograph out the window. Like, oh, here you go. So after the race. Uh, I, I don't know where I finished somewhere around fifth or sixth. So just, I just didn't have a good car after the race. I went up to my trailer and I had a real big dude, uh, going to the races with me at that. Cause I'm like five, five. I had this six foot three dude that was going to the races with me, which is smart. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back there and before I even, he, he went up to the window net and unhooked it before I even got my helmet off. I said, stick close. This idiot coming up might come over here and try to make make some noise back here in the pits. So he did. He got the tire iron, held it in his hand, and stuck right there with me the whole time. I'm sure that guy looked over and said, mm, I'll just let it go. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> so the things you go through on a local dirt track or a local racing track and just in general, because Five Flags is like that too. It's just a local Friday night track. Yeah. That we just happen to be getting the national opening series race of the SRX series this this weekend live on CBS network TV too. You don't even need a cable box. Yeah. All you need is a pair of rabbit ears. Go watch it. You know, that's so cool. Like I feel like that's the complete difference between you and I though. Like if I was in that situation, like if I was you in that scenario that you just talked about, I would be so like going over there and even though he, like i didn't get wrecked but like he wrecked me i love to fight so i would just be like over there anyways yeah. well see he's the visitor to my track this That's is my even... track no 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 no. i don't want to get kicked out of my track i'm going well, for points well, that's true. I, I i'm in that. it every single week i'm there every single week and my goal is to get points every single week because i don't know where I finished that year. I don't think it was in the top three, but the top three get trophies and and stuff. And you get money all the way back to 10th, I think, in points. So 
Yeah, my goal was to finish up there in points. I would. So I, I didn't t- want to get kicked out. I would have eaten the points, man. Like, oh, I love fighting. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm saying that on our podcast. It's a completely <laughs> family friendly event, but God, I don't know. Like, just a little bit of you just want to go and just like ever wanted to plow someone right in the face. Oh, yeah. The guy that uh, ran underneath me and uh, broke my foot. Did you ever do it? No, I didn't because <sighs> I. Uh, that I, I think what I heard is my friends roughed him up pretty good in the feature for me because he 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 um went underneath me and used me as a brake pedal yeah for the uh on the last turn of the last lap in the heat race that I dominated yeah you got used yeah yeah and so coming into turn four he decided he just wasn't going to break and he slammed in the side of me. And you just didn't want to get out and just plow well, him first off, in the face? I got taken to the hospital. Oh, well, okay. You should have probably <laughs> stopped me a long time ago and started with well, that. I told you I wasn't there for the feature. Oh, oh, that's what you meant. Okay. <laughs> I I don't know. I thought I just heard something wrong. And I was like, I don't, I'm just going to ignore what you just said. <laughs> well, I hit a concrete wall nearly head on at 70 miles an hour. In a four-cylinder dirt track car. That's not good. It's It hurt. Yeah. And I was trying to brake at the same time. And, of course, instinct brake. I'm going to clutch so I don't kill the car. Like, right. I wasn't going to kill the car just smashing into the wall head-on. And I broke my left foot when I did it. And I went on to the hospital with it. And they, uh, my friends loaded up the car for me. Uh, fun story. I don't know why this turned into my personal dirt track racing stories. <laughs> but whatever. I'm, I'm all about it. <laughs> Fun story that my friends helped load up the car for me uh, when I was gone. My wife actually, uh, I think one of the friends actually drove the truck and car back to my house for me. Something like that. I don't know if we went back up there and got it later or what, but I don't remember all that. I just remember the immediate aftermath. I think that guy got roughed up pretty good in the feature from my friends that were racing out there. After that, I never really had a problem with them, but what's cool about that is we bent golly it pushed the whole right front of that car back because it didn't really hit head on it hit more at an angle right like it wasn't like the Earnhardt angle well it was, it was kind of like the Earnhardt angle it was it wasn't like Earnhardt didn't hit head on he right. kind of angled it a little bit it was similar to that kind of an angle i hit obviously not at 180 miles an hour what it did was it took the right front wheel and that whole suspension and it bent it back about six inches oh wow so my right side had a shorter wheelbase than my left side after that wreck. And on top of that, it bent tire rods and all sorts of junk under that car. But one of my friends at the racetrack that was there that night, he come over to my house while I'm sitting there hobbling around on a broke foot. I don't think they thought it was broke yet because it was like a, like a hairline fracture. They didn't know it was broke yet right across the top of my foot. They just said, oh, it looks like you just sprained it or something like that. But I'm, I'm hobbling around. I can't put weight on it. We put the car back together because I have a parts car out there. So we put a lot of GT Celica parts on this ST body because we weren't just going to swap out engines and run the, the GT because there's way too much going on to, to try to get that GT ready for it. We, we wanted to do another of the off season. Right. This car got used up. Everything got put back together, and I'll be danged. I was out there the next week, and I was racing, broke foot and all. All I had to do was clutch with it. You know, so I just bared with it and clutched it with a broke foot. And I ran out there in the heat race, just babying it. 
because that it was a lot of work to get that car right and it got bent pieces and the steering wheel doesn't quite drive the same way that it did you know it's like crooked a little bit it's just everything's a little different with this car so i'm out there riding around just babying it in the in the heat race and then we're about three laps to go i'm like well let's see what this car can do now because this was my winning car this was the good one so like let's see what it'll do so i opened it up and i near about won that heat race <laughs> after about a being about a quarter of a lap down with two or three laps to go wow i near about won it i i didn't but i almost did but that started me up in the top four or five in the feature and after about five laps i took the lead in that feature and i never looked back and i won it that is one of the proudest moments I have between my friend and my wife uh, helping me completely rebuild the right front of that car after hitting the wall like that, breaking my foot, running it on a broke foot. And then everybody in my family was there because everybody, I think, was kind of feeling guilty that they weren't there the week before when I actually went to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So all of a sudden, everybody was there next week. <laughs> but everybody was there in my victory lane picture. That's awesome. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm going to have to put that picture now of me uh, kneeled down in front of the car and everybody's behind the car. I'm kneeled down with my broke foot on the outside of it, just flat footed because Lord knows I can't bend it. So it's a flat footed kneel down. I'm going to have to put that picture up on the podcast when it comes out. Yeah, please do that. <laughs> That's awesome. That was probably my favorite, my favorite week ever in racing. After that, it was, and you could still see the mark on the wall. I, I noticed it mainly. I noticed it during the uh, cool down lap, the victory lap. I noticed it up there in turn four. You could still see the big mark and chip in the concrete I took out of that wall. Oh, wow. So it was, man, awesome. I miss some of it. Some of it I don't miss, but man, I do miss some of it. Oh, I can imagine. But you know what's coming up this week? SRX. <laughs> <laughs> Autograph session. This yes. is what I'm really excited about this week. They're having an SRX driver autograph session. Yes. I have three things I want to get signed from my childhood heroes here. Bill Elliott, I'm going to get him to sign my copy of NASCAR, uh, Bill Elliott's NASCAR Racing Challenge that we talked about last week. Right. I have a copy of it. I've cleaned it up, got all the little pieces of uh, sticker paper on it from whoever else had it before me. I got all that off, so it looks pretty clean. And I'm going to get him to autograph the bottom of it. That's going to be so cool. Yeah, that will be fantastic. I, because uh, I've seen people with a with Hulk Hogan autographing the WrestleMania challenge, you know, the one he's on the cover of, the old right. Nintendo games. Yeah. That's, that's what this is, by the way. It's a Nintendo Entertainment System game, one of the original gray cartridge games, right? So I can't wait. That's going to be so much fun. I have a copy of NASCAR Heat 5, the Tony Stewart one the ultimate edition or gold edition whatever it's called with tony yeah. stewart on the cover i'm gonna take that out of the sleeve and get him an autograph and black sharpie over some of that gold so i'm gonna always have that i could just because i don't have a die cast of tony i right. used to but i don't now if i had more tony stuff i would get something different signed by him but this is this is like the only real thing i have of tony right now i don't even have like a good home depot hat or something but really i don't think i want an autograph hat anymore anyway also what i have for Michael Waltrip is a number 55 Alabama Crimson Tide Talladega Aaron's diecast. And it's one of those uh, flat metal yeah. ones where it's not, it doesn't have a gloss finish. It's not a color chrome, but it's like a brushed metal or flat, like a flat paint to it. It is such a cool looking diecast. It and really it's an elite. is. 
It's an elite, so the roof flaps come up, and it's got cloth window net and all that good junk. We got them for a discount because we, me and my wife worked at Aaron's mm-hmm. during all this time that Alabama was winning championships, and they were driving Alabama championship. I even dressed up as a lucky dog one day. <laughs> I got a picture of that, me standing up beside the uh, Aaron's double zero Alabama championship car. When it came to our store, I was dressed up as a lucky dog. That's awesome. So I was the mascot. So I have all the Aaron's Alabama championship die cast. I think they made a, an 09, an 11, and a 12. Mm-hmm. This one is the 2012 one. So I'm going to get Michael Waltrip to sign across the windshield. And you recommended Silver Sharpie, right? Yeah, for I, sure. I didn't know if people went paint or not. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely can. Um, I've seen a lot of people go paint pin on these windshields and they look fantastic. And what I was about to say was if silver Sharpie is always kind of a go-to for me, but then again, I'm not a real big autograph type of guy. I just would rather take a picture. Um, But silver Sharpie looks really good on any sort of paint scheme. But if you were going to go paint pin, I would go like a really lime green on the Alabama car. Yeah. What if I just do white? Well, I mean, you could do white too. Yeah. Like across the windshield. Yeah. I mean, because it's a black windshield on a red and white Alabama car. I would think maybe white would stand out. I don't know. I'll have to, I got to go back and forth on that. Depends on what I have. And it depends on how, I guess I could test it. I could do fully posable's method of writing out a fake name on a, on a uh, Ziploc bag and putting it up against the windshield and see how it looks. Yeah. I assume that he'll use my pen. I don't, I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't. I don't get many NASCAR driver autographs other than like what's already pre-autographed. Do you ever get to meet a lot of drivers? Um, yeah. So uh, I met Ty Gibbs and Haley Deegan at the same uh, ARCA series at Elko Speedway in Minnesota in 2019. Uh, I met uh, Harrison Burton in the infield at Xfinity, Kansas, 2021. And then I met Kyle Busch at um, Tulsa, Oklahoma's, what do you talk, whatever that shootout, I forgot what they call it. I know what you're talking about. I don't know the yeah. name of it, but I know what you're talking about. And then, yeah, so I met him on, um, in 2021 in December. So, so I don't really meet too many, but um, getting those fan walks at racetracks, mm-hmm. you can really meet a lot of people. Like, I mean, I'm just counting the people that I, you know, shook their hands and actually had a conversation, not like the drivers that have walked past me, like Bob Wallace and John Hunter Nemechek and uh, Matt B- B- Dinadito, however you want to pronounce his name. <laughs> uh, I mean, like those people, like Bob Pockris as well. Um, he was like taking pictures with the group right in front of me. And I was just, I was like, oh, I don't need to get a picture of Bob Pockris, you know? Uh, but like Noah Graxon is. Craxon, Gregson, whatever. No, yeah, Gregson. I say Gregson, but I don't know. Um, you know, he's always <laughs> sitting there doing stuff with the fans and stuff, just being like goofy and stuff. So, um, I'm just kind of counting those four drivers as the people that I've actually like. Hi, how are you? Okay, I'm good. You know, actual conversated and you know shook their hands. Um, little side note: one of my wife's, uh, one of the doctors my wife works with, he's like a friend of the family of Noah Gregson. Oh, really? So we actually have, I think we have an autograph hat of his. Oh, really? I believe so. I think he got it mailed to us one day. I think it was autographed. I'm pretty sure it was an autograph. I know it's, we got a hat, but 99% sure it was autographed. So yeah, and a couple like little 
cards and like hero cards and stuff like that. Something for the boys. I don't think my boys are really big Noah Gregson fans, but you know, <laughs> just right. because I mean he's not Kyle Bush and right. all that. I have only met a few ever. I worked with Aaron's, and uh, my wife also worked with Aaron's, and we worked the Aaron's tent one year at the Aaron's four ninety nine. I don't remember what year. So what, the year uh, David Ruman was driving the double zero, and I think Michael Waltrip was driving something. I don't the know if he was driving fifty five. I. I don't know. I don't want. To, I don't think it was Aaron's. I think only the double zero was driving. Maybe maybe Michael Walter was only driving the the, the Bush car. Yeah, at I that time. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But David Rudiman for sure was driving the double zero Aaron's car. So I got a an Aaron's hat signed on one part of it by David Rudiman, and another part of it signed by Michael Walter. Oh wow! So that's really cool. So I do have Michael Walter's autograph, but this diecast being a big Alabama fan and being with Aaron's when all this came up, it's going to be really cool. And actually the first weekend of the, of July, uh, maybe the second weekend of July, I think it's July 9th or something like that. AJ McCarron. I don't know if you know who that is. He Mm -hmm. is uh, the Alabama quarterback that won the championships in 11 and 12. He's, he does this yearly thing down here at his local school, kind of a football camp for youth. My kids have been to it twice now. They're going to go back this year. It's a little free thing that you just have to sign up for it and be one of the first ones to sign up and you get in. So they get to actually throw footballs back and forth with a two-time Alabama championship quarterback. Insane. Yeah, really cool, right? And you get to meet them afterwards. Like, There's a big line of people, and they all get to meet them afterwards, and he sits there and signs autographs and talks to everybody. And I've gotten two footballs signed by him, and Nick Saban actually signed – on another date, there were their championship footballs for those two years, 11 and 12. So I have two footballs signed by AJ and Nick Saban. And I have a hat that I wear around town all the time because I can, that has an AJ McCarron autograph on it, you know, because, because he's there, he's local. Yeah. Get his autograph on something and wear it around all the time. I have the good stuff signed. Give me something I can just wear all the time and show it off. I was like, Oh, who signed that? Oh, that's AJ's signature. Oh, cool. You know, right. Conversation starter. I'm thinking about getting, because this is his championship on the Stockcast. I'm thinking about after Michael signing the windshield, getting him to sign the hood. I'm thinking about it. I actually why, have two diecasts. Why the hood? Well, where else is he going to sign it? The back windshield. The back windshield? Do you think yeah. that's where it should be? Yeah, it's a dual autograph. That's, yeah, I mean, that's where, like, normally you would put a second. Well, I say the hood because that's where the championship logo is. Oh, okay. So if it signs over that, but it would be sloppy because it would be that black Sharpie or something over right. the red and white logo. A silver Sharpie on the black hood on the back. I mean, the, the hood, the windshield, the back windshield on the back of the car. That might actually, yeah, that might actually be pretty good too. Yeah. I have but, a couple like that and they came out really, really well. Okay. That's what I'll do then. So this, so in about three weeks, this, one diecast I have is going to be sponsored by the driver and the quarterback of that championship team. That's, that's awesome. Isn't that cool? I'm just I'm excited for it. Super cool. And like that's so that's such a soda thing to do, though. Like you and Alabama sports, obviously. Like, go do it, man. Like, I'm super excited. That would be like legitimately the most perfect diecast for you. It's like um they make this uh big Al Funko pop, and I keep trying to think, I was like, who am I gonna get to sign this? I can't get the elephant to sign it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, who's going to sign it? AJ? No. 
Uh, Nick Saban signed an Alabama Funko Pop. I don't know about that. He signs footballs and stuff, but Nick Saban signing the Big Al Funko Pop one day might actually be kind of cool. I might do that, but I don't know if he'll take the time to swap pins because I wouldn't want him to sign it in Sharpie. Yeah. But anyway. I mean, I don't think it'd be a big deal. That SRX race, I can't wait. We're going to be there all day for that thing because that autograph session is like 2 o'clock. The gates open at like 11, and the race don't start till 7. (laughs) Yeah, but dude, it's going to be so worth it, though. It is. It is. The show itself is going to be great. You got Ryan Newman, Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte is going to be there. I don't have anything for Bobby. I don't have any Bobby merch. See, I would love to meet Bobby Labonte. Oh, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to get his autograph on something. That's awesome. I'm I'm going to get some kind of SRX something and get his autograph on it. I'm sure because I'm probably going to I'm probably going to buy an SRX T-shirt or an SRX hat or something because I really do like this series and what they're doing, especially when they change the tracks up every year and they come to all these different markets. Right. They, like they're here, you know, they're with me right now. Right. And they actually had a little thing. Did you notice the uh, Michael Walter Bill Elliott interview before the race? No, I, I didn't see it. Michael Walter doing his pit road walk, right? Right. And Bill Elliott's out there with Chase. He's just standing on pit road. And Michael goes up to him. And he starts talking, you know, back and forth with Bill a little bit. And Bill goes, hey, I'll see you next week. Uh, you darn right you will. I'll be there too. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm going to have both of those autographs next week. I'm looking forward to that. Who else is going to be in that race? It's like Paul Tracy's going to be there, I think. Ooh. Marco Andretti. Oh. Greg Biffle. Ooh. Ernie Francis Jr. Okay. Michael Waltrip. Paul mm. Tracy. Bubba Pollard. He's a local guy. All right. He's a local racer. He's really good, too. Bill Elliott, Tony Stewart, Tony Kanaan. Ooh. Ryan Newman, Ryan Hunter Ray, and Bobby Lani. That is a feel. Oh. I. Yeah. That's. That's superstardom. <laughs> I haven't seen some of these guys since I was a little kid, and I've never seen some of them. Like, I haven't seen Bobby Labonte and Bill Elliott race since I was probably a little kid. Right. Uh, maybe Bobby Labonte was in a Talladega race in the 2010s that I went to. I'm not sure, but I know for a fact Bill Elliott wasn't. <laughs> right. It's been a long time since I've seen him race. But I think that's going to do it for the show. Next week, I'm going to have a full-fledged review of that. And I want people to check out Twitter with that because I want to go live on Twitter with this race. Not, I'm not going to broadcast the whole race on Twitter. That's dumb. Right. Watch it on CBS. But I'm going to go – I'm going to be showing some things, some of the things from the stands and the little festivities and the merch and the autograph sessions and maybe some of the local racing beforehand and the qualifying, all this kind of stuff. I'm going to go through and I'm going to show all of this stuff on Twitter. I want people to follow Twitter at in the marbles pod. You will see live videos, if not live videos, just little pictures and videos all the time. But I do plan on going live once in a while with it. So you look out for it too. I'm going to be doing it. Yeah. It's it's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. I'm excited. Before we get out of here, we want to uh, throw it out to our podcast drafting partners, fully posable wrestling figure podcast. That's, my go-to every week. That is, that is my first listen yes. when a new show comes out. It's just always been that way. It's what started everything for me. Mm-hmm. And they got this summer of saying "do love" or something yes. like that going on right now. Yes. I want to be on there so bad. Jordan Cassat is the first episode. <laughs> I really want to be on excited. there so bad. Ooh. 
I got to find something good to give away. I need to, I need to find something fully postable related to mm-hmm. give away and then have people come over here and claim it. Yeah. That's what I want to do. That's I'm my down. goal with it. Let's just steal their audience. Yeah. I'm, that's it. That's what perfectly, I want to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what we should do? We <laughs> should, um, maybe, you know, like a side project, we should like start our own and <laughs> just kidding. Our own wrestling figure podcast where we yeah. don't talk about wrestling figures? Well, yeah, well, what I was going to say was <laughs> our own wrestling figure podcast and then like steal all the bits and the segments from Fully Postable. To Somebody else has already done that, though. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Drunk wrestling history. <laughs> Moving on. Say, uh, side project of Scott from that, that show where they're not always accurate, but they're always drunk. Fun listen. Really, really fun list. Not at all like this one, family friendly. You know, yeah, not family friendly. Not no. that this one's not a fun listen. This, I think, this is a fun listen. I, I like NASCAR though. So like whatever. Uh, yeah, doing the favor. They uh, right now they're not really doing any new episodes. Go back and check out their old ones. So eventually, I have a feeling when sports really start kicking back in, they're going to be doing some stuff. Oh, for sure. They they won't be able to help themselves. It's like it's like me when, whenever somebody wants to talk about something so bad. And you're not really doing anything actively. You're going to make something happen where you can talk about it and tell people about how you feel about it. Right. I have a feeling that's coming pretty soon with them when sports really start kicking back in in the fall. Uh, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Great show. Great listen. Great people over there. Um, I hope to get to meet everybody again with it. I've I've met Steve from the show already. I hope, hope we get to do it again. Maybe at StarCast if he can come. I don't know if he's coming or not, but. Speaking of StarCast, right now I have tickets for Magnum TA's autograph. I have tickets to get the Four Horsemen four pack completed with Barry Windham, and I have mm-hmm. tickets for Daniel Bryan. Ooh, I'm uh, I'm sorry, Brian, Brian Danielson. Danielson, and I am perfectly <laughs> fine with him signing my figure, Brian Danielson. I want him oh, yeah. to sign my figure, Brian Danielson. Yeah, for it's sure. Like, I got that uh, fan central one where he's in like the American dragon oh, outfit, the yeah. robe and all that. It's more fitting that he signs that Brian Danielson. He has to. Yeah. I, I'm going to ask him to specifically to do that. And they just announced the Hardy boys. And I know right now Jeff is having some mess, but this is like almost a month and a half down the road. I don't think it's going to affect Starcast, but honestly, I'm not looking for Jeff anyway. I'm looking for Matt. I have a yeah, two pack. Yeah. Right now with Matt and Jeff and Epic Moments that I have Jeff's autograph on already. I need to complete it. Yeah, maybe that's just the safer bet nowadays. Just count on Matt. Count on Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't want to get too much into what's going on with Jeff. Oh, no, no, I have I'm a fine lot of junk. It. I have a lot of junk going on in my personal life with with people like that. And right. I just if I say what I really think about that whole situation, people will probably uh cancel me. So I'm gonna just leave it alone. Because I have plenty of personal experience involved in this mess right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tales from the Estate, I have jumped on board with that show. Yeah? I was not an avid listener of that, I will fully admit. I am now. It's fun. So I'm listening every week when it comes out. I'm listening that first day when it comes out. Yeah. Actually, Drew and I just had a conversation right before we started recording tonight. So I I love them, right? Drew, his wife, I they're... Even their little babies have watching NASCAR. Smile, yes, watching NASCAR. (laughs) What is up? I love it. Um, So just just let you know, Drew. They do sell in the marbles shirts for babies. 
and also Kyle Busch stuff. Well, I'm more focused on in the marbles. Yeah, well, don't they, they make toddler and infant shirts? Just saying. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna buy them for Christmas. Kyle Busch or in the marbles? Ooh, no, <laughs> I'm not answering that because I was gonna answer it wrong, and I was gonna say in the marbles. But what I'm actually gonna do is buy the Kyle Busch stuff for them. So. I just realized that I read off your list and I took Tales from the Estate from you. Yeah, you did. So you can yeah. talk about them again if you want I, to. Yeah, I'm going to talk to them because they deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering why my, yeah. my script isn't right. <laughs> uh, boot to the Face, that's another really good listen. Um, support the, those guys over there. That's just fun stuff. Uh, Jason Wolf. Yes. I'm a huge fan of his work. I just got an awesome figure in i can say it now because it came in and we're allowed to show pictures of it it's the ultimate warrior mm. from royal rumble 1991 and his jacket and everything oh it's it's so much fun that's it's never been done and that's what he likes to do he likes to do stuff that doesn't get done right you know especially oh, yeah for sure especially stuff in this era like a hasbro era that would like, go with them right i mean everything except an essay rios but <laughs> Uh, we're not ready to have that conversation yet. I got something I think I'm going to get. I think Breaker's already got something going on with them, and I'm not going to say what it is, but I think I'm going to steal Breaker's idea because I came up with the idea separately from him. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not really stealing his idea, but I see how he got his idea to fruition, and I'm going to yeah. take that. What and if, I hope he's okay with that because this is going to happen. <laughs> what if, do you think Jason Wolf could do retro-style NASCAR drivers? I don't know, like like a Kyle Busch in a in a yellow M and M's fire suit and a hat. Well, see, you'd have to find the head. Oh, like he's he's doing some three D sculpting, but I don't think he sculpts all of the faces because there's this one particular person I want to get, but I have to buy the head from somebody else. Oh, okay, I see. And then send it to him to have it painted, right? Mm. So I don't know unless there's a person out there that has a really Kyle Busch familiar like face i mean like you know when, when it looks just like kyle bush some wrestler somewhere like um a really young randy orton ruthless aggression i don't know does he look like kyle bush not really but not really. the closest <laughs> thing i could think of at the time <laughs> oh i don't know you have to ask him about that but it's part of the chop shop you gotta be a member it's exclusive <laughs> i'm really tired <laughs> Uh, also throw it out to Outsiders Beer Co. This is uh, Big Underscore Bane's uh, project. He uh, has some really good products. I use them often. I'm going to use them this weekend when I go out to the racetrack, so at least for half the day before it all wears out in the sweat and the hot Florida sun, I'll be smelling good. So yeah. he also does our intro music, uh, best intro music in all podcasting, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And uh, who do you got? Man, let me say for one really fast about Bane's music. I, okay, so, and I actually texted him this story just uh, yesterday. I, when I'm driving to work and when I'm driving home, like I have Bane's music. And when I'm going to work, I am in such a motivative state of mind. It's not even funny. And then when I come home, I'm like, I don't know, like his music has been bumping lately and i'm here for it and so i cannot wait for those uh that new album boom good job bane <laughs> <laughs> so bane also has a podcast with Miss, mr brian breaker called breaker and bane's power hour where 
one professional wrestler and one rapper, friends since the seventh grade, get together and talk everything movies, comics, professional wrestling, and anything that makes you say WTF. Like, I love this podcast. And that's just not because, you know, they're super supportive of us. Like, I love that podcast. And it's honestly right now with me not watching pro wrestling, it's like how I get up to date with everything. So kudos to them. Uh, Breaker also has a side project called, you know, it's fake, right? Where he goes in-depth conversation with professional wrestlers, referees, managers, fans, and anyone that has pro wrestling ties. Um, Super, uh, I can't think of any of the conversations on that podcast that haven't been interactive and insightful. Uh, And you and I both have been guests on that Mm-hmm. show so super excited about the future episodes with that one um no holds barred with bill Beatus. get ready for some no holds barred action with your host the legendary bill Beatus and the co-host bane as they bring you the most insightful pro wrestling podcast ever um super funny podcast bill Beatus is a legend you, you have a lot of similarities with uh, bill Beatus, right uh, a couple yeah. Okay. <laughs> that Tales uh, whole from... 14 year vet, oh. 18 year vet, or something like that. It took the last 14 years off. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Me. Something like that, right? <laughs> Tales from the estate. So join Drew and his wife, Caitlin, as they take you on a magical trip with gut busting laughter, head scratching random facts, and their top five favorite things. So much gut busting laughter, you can't even get through the I read. I can't even get through the read, dude. I don't know. <laughs> and then you have pulling up a chair with our friend Tim at a chair shot, where he has a podcast spotlighting anyone who loves professional wrestling figures, including. Uh, customizers, creators, collectors, and anybody in the actual business. So those are my shout-outs. I also want to shout-out Toyota because without Toyota, a majority of the world would be stuck at a standstill. Rowdy Energy, of course, the official energy drink of In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan. And that's it. That's all I got. Well, thank everybody for listening to this week's episode. Please rate and review. Follow us on all our social media, Twitter, and Instagram at in the marbles pod find us on facebook and right now you can still listen to the show there i don't know how long much longer it's going to be actually probably this episode might not be there so but um you can always find the links to the show on facebook and we do post on facebook occasionally and uh just good social media follows you can also email us any questions to the show at in the marbles pod at gmail.com and we have a shirt right, right now at whatamaneuver.net. It's a really fun design. It's called Allison. It's a combination of retro paint jobs to dirt racing to the new gen car. And it's all mixed in in a way that looks like a classic local dirt track shirt that you can pick up at your local souvenir stand. And I like it. It came out great. But keep an eye out. There may be a couple more coming soon. Might. Might be a couple possibly maybe maybe something throw backing to something that i don't know what's gonna happen with it we'll see it might be out by the time this episode's out who knows we're just a whole bunch of central livers around here you know (laughs) 
God, I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, with that said, man, you got anything you want to add before we get out of here? <laughs> Pray for me. No, peace, <laughs> love, and all the above. And with that said, we'll see you next time in the marbles.